So often we're told as Christians, hey, just read your Bible. But there are many who don't like reading their Bible, find it challenging, find it difficult, and so just leave it on the shelf Monday through Saturday. And if that's you, we're glad you're listening to Hope Anchored, the podcast of C3 Church Melbourne North. This is a two-part series that we hope you enjoy. Hey, I'm excited. We've got a special guest today who I will introduce in just a moment. And we're going to be talking in what will be a two-part series. Our conversation uh, just was so amazing. We couldn't get it all into one episode. And so over the next two podcast episodes, we're going to be talking about this question of, so I'm a Christian, but I don't like reading my Bible or maybe you find it hard to read your Bible, maybe you find it challenging, and we're glad you're listening. We're glad you're part of the conversation, and in part one, we're going to be kind of looking about how to go on this journey of discovery and finding yourself in the Bible, and then in part two, we'll get a little bit more practical for those who may be struggling in this realm of Bible reading and give you some practical tips, but also just uh, help give you permission to wrestle as you read your Bible. And so, hey, I said I've got a special guest, and we do. It's a friend of mine and fellow co-laborer as a minister of Jesus Christ, a pastor, uh, Matt Hickson, and he and his wife, Creone, are great friends of ours, and they've got two boys, Oscar and Hugo, and they are pastors of a church in Queensland, the Lighthouse Church, which has several campuses. It's a C3 church, and they are the location pastors at the Springfield location. So, hey, Matt, welcome to the podcast. We we just want to say thank you right from the outset for taking some time to be with us. And being in Springfield, we just got to get it out of the way. Do you get just infinite references to the Simpsons. Surprisingly, not as much as what I thought. Yeah, But okay. um, sometimes on a Sunday after our service, we'll do donuts. And I really try to get the pink donuts with yes. the sprinkles. Yeah. Yep. Just to yep. uh, run with that theme. Um, yeah. Funnily enough, when you drive into Springfield, and I have no idea why this is the case, there's a sign that says you are entering a nuclear free zone. Is that right? Bizarre, wow. right? And I don't know if that is because people associated with Springfield and a nuclear power plant, but uh, there is legit a sign. It's not very big, but it's small, yeah. but saying this is a nuclear free zone. So yeah, there go you figure. go. There you go. And w- were you a Simpsons fan growing up? Were you were you allowed to watch the Simpsons? Did you, did you come from a Christian home that banned the Simpsons or was it free reign? I came from a Christian home, but it was definitely um, free reign. In my yeah. household. So, yes, I watched The Simpsons. I love The Simpsons, where Creone, on the other hand, comes from a Christian home. But The Simpsons was basically the script writers uh, were writing those scripts from the pits of hell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, it was completely off limits. Yeah. Fair enough. Do you have a, do you have any kind of favorite Simpsons reference? Would you have a favorite episode or? Oh, I, I think my memory's not good at remembering um, too much of the dialogue of shows. Um, but one of my favorite episodes is uh, Bart 
uh, thinks that there's something wrong with his brain because he's just not very smart, but they discover he actually needs glasses. And um, so Bart um, gives this famous line. Uh, well, I don't know if it's famous, but the a line I remember anyway, uh, well, it ain't me noggin, it's me peepers. And uh, <laughs> I can relate to that because I didn't have glasses until the age of, I think, about 22. Yeah. And um, I discovered that I severely needed glasses and probably needed them for a very long time. Yeah. So it did definitely explain a lot of things. So I can definitely relate to that part, that Simpsons episode. It's not my noggin, it's my peepers. Maybe that'll be the title of, of this uh, this week's podcast <laughs> episode. But what we're actually talking about is the, I guess, the overarching idea of being a Christian who reads their Bible. And I think if we peeled back all the layers in church life, we might be a little bit startled by some of the statistics about Australian Christians and reading their Bible, which is actually quite difficult to find statistics online. I'm not sure if you've ever tried to search it. Obviously, anything in America seems to be a lot easier to find with the folks from the Barna group or whatever, but I could only find like 10-year-old stats that said two out of 10 Australian Christians read their Bible regularly. Um, And that's not two out of 10 Australians. That's two out of 10 Australian Christians who read their Bible. And so that just kind of got me thinking and wondering why. Why aren't Christians reading their Bible? Um, Is it a case of they, they just don't like it? They don't understand it. They're too busy. It's not relevant. That's what we're chatting about today. And so, Matt, I'd just like to ask you a few questions and kind of get your thoughts because you're a genius on all things. It ain't bi- noggin. Bi- it's me papers. So I've got my papers fixed. So there you go. See, we're 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 ready for uh for just revelation truth to come rolling out now. But where's you your view on all that and and your approach to reading the Bible? How how would you look at those kind of numbers and relate or not relate to that? Yeah, well. I guess just starting off with the statistics and yeah, it's probably a hard stat, I guess, to try to come up with. I don't know how they, they do it, I guess, through certain surveys, but um, you know, in the 2011 census, I think there was 61% or 62% of Australians um, identified with Christianity in 2011, the most recent census, which was last year, as the data started to come out, we're now at 44%. And it wouldn't surprise me in the next census if we've dipped into the, the 30s. And not that that necessarily speaks into Bible reading, but it wouldn't surprise me if uh, a lot of those numbers in the decline were not reading the Bible. Um, I, I think one of the challenges uh, with our Christian journey is I think a lot of what we know is taught rather than discovered. So I think a lot of the concepts that we uh, know or we have in our mind have been, yeah, taught, whether it be through Sunday school or a preacher. But I think there is something powerful in actually discovering truth through the scriptures. But it can be challenging. I think it's, you know, for a lot of people, it's wading into pretty murky waters. It can be really confusing Uh, The Bible was written a very, very long time ago by a number of different authors. It's filled with obviously the 66 books in the Bible, but there's different writing styles, different genres, 
um, speaking to different people groups. And as we try to read it, we're trying to read it through a 21st century lens um, that, you know, we're, we're reading it through the view of our culture and uh, with our knowledge and our level of science and whatever else. And it can definitely be confusing. So I think maybe um, over time, people have just put it in the too hard basket mm. and they've just placed themselves in that position. I'll just let it be taught to me. But the problem is of when we are reliant on what's been taught to us now, depending on what sort of church uh, upbringing or experience we've had, um, sometimes we can miss out on a whole chunk of the Bible, um, you know, like some churches, which may be more topical preaching. So, you know, throughout the year, lots of different topics get hit on, but you actually leave out a big portion of uh, the biblical text. And so then when we jump in and try to read it, it's like, what is going on here? Because we're just getting these little snippets um, over time, but we're not really grasping what is actually going on here? What's the context of what's happening? Uh, who, who are the characters in this particular part of the narrative? And who's speaking? Who are they speaking it to? How would the people have received it at the time? And it does it just becomes confusing, I think, for yeah. people. So I do think we need to learn. Uh, I definitely had to learn on how to switch mode from just being taught which obviously is important to actually um, uh, going on a journey of discovery yeah. and discovering what does the Bible say and why is it saying it? What did it mean then? And does it mean the same thing now? Yeah. And I think, you know, to, to that point, to some extent, the, the, you know, people have this people where people are encouraged, you know, read your Bible. But I, I would say, and maybe we, we've both been pastors, either campus pastors, lead pastors, youth pastors in, in a former day. And uh, that's how we met, actually. It was. I came up to speak at one of your uh, youth events, which would have been what? That would have been what? Oh, Fif- 15 say like years maybe, ago now. Yeah, maybe like 2008, yeah, 2010, wow. somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah. And so, you know, for a long time, I know I've done it. Hey, be strong, read your Bible, have a great week. Don't forget, read your Bible. Um, and we're told and we tell constantly people to read their Bible. But like you said, it's it's not an easy text to read. It's, it's not like you're just picking it up off the shelf and it's, you know, front to back read. Like most people get told to start in the book of John, which is in the middle. And it's kind of like just just start in the start to midway two two thirds of the way through. And, and hopefully you figure it out and just keep reading it until the Holy Spirit speaks. Um, but I, I think that that's maybe why some people or a lot of people have kind of put it in the too hard basket or I'm not, how does that fit my context? Or like you said, those those murky waters of trying to understand a, 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 a book that wasn't written to us, but was written for us. And so trying to read it knowing that there's revelation about who God is in there through a narrative or a historical document or a poetry concept that that actually wasn't addressed to us how how do you how do you approach it from from your personal perspective what's what's bible reading look like for you 
Yeah, well, I think there's a couple of things. I think one, um, what really started to cause the Bible to come to life for me, I really, because I, I think this is how I used to approach the Bible. And I think may, maybe many people approach it like this is what is the Bible saying to me? Mm. And so I'm reading it, trying to decipher or decode every word, every line um, of what is the Bible saying to me? But you said it so well. You said the Bible was actually not written to us, but it was written for us. So we do need to work out based on that understanding of how we read it. So I guess I tried to really just change how I read the Bible and tried to really bring myself into the story. So I was almost like an observer, so to speak, of what was going on at that particular time. So it required me to do a bit more research beyond the Bible as well, just trying to um, get a bit more information around what was going on at that particular time. Now, this is challenging because, you know, you've got uh, big date ranges in the Bible. So what was going on in Genesis is very different to what was going on in John's gospel per se. Um, so it does take time, but it's actually quite exciting when you try to place yourself into the story rather than reading it and saying, what is the story saying to me? But, you know, you almost picture yourself, Jesus is on the Mount of Olives and maybe you're a person in the crowd. And so you're not just reading the words that Jesus is saying, but you're looking around at the crowd and you're thinking, um, what are other people hearing? What 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 type what house did they just come from? What's their economic status? What's their social status? Who are the people that are gathered on this mountain, and how are they hearing Jesus? And and there's these religious people as well. What's the difference between them and then the common people? And are they hearing the same thing? And etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think you just kind of I've tried to learn to bring myself into the story, and really I guess the word for that is context is trying to work out what's the context here. And I, what I've discovered anyway, for me personally, the more I understand the context, the more alive it becomes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I, read this, I read this quote today. I won't say who it's by, but it, it kind of got, got me thinking, the Bible meets us where we are. And I, I kind of think that speaks to your point of trying to bring the Bible to us wherever we are. Um, and trying to find us in our circumstance, in our worldview, in our opinion, get the Bible to, to meet us where we're at. But but I think, like you say, when you when you approach it from a context perspective, what you what happens is you actually you say, oh, the Bible is actually calling me over to here, as opposed to it meeting me where I'm at. It, it's calling me to meet me, and in essence, not just the Bible, but the character and nature and goodness of God is, is, is calling me to that point. And we just had father's day and you're, you're a father of two, uh, Oscar and Hugo, Oscar's yep. 12, 10, 10. Oh, give yeah. giving him two years, uh, credit there. And, and Hugo is nearly one. I've got a, uh, I got three boys and just a little bit older and, uh, we just had father's day a couple of weeks ago and, in school or kids church or, or wherever it was, they had to fill out a form, tell us about your dad, what's your dad's favorite thing to do. 
And my kids always, always say sleeping on the lounge. I'm like, surely, surely I got, I can be something, but I got to aim to not have that on my uh, Father's Day tie made in kids church next year. But, you know, what's your dad's superpower? And Bennett, my youngest this year wrote, listening to other people's conversations, uh, <laughs> which I don't even know where he got that from. Uh, maybe I need to learn to be more present when, when I'm with my children. But that kind of speaks to what you're saying, right, is read the Bible like you're listening into somebody else's conversation and yeah. learn learn who God is. And, I, you know, I think for me I totally agree is that coming at it from a perspective of trying to locate myself on every page and everything I read, that's not what the Bible is for. It's it's for me to discover who God is. I think sometimes we try to use the Bible to define who we are or give credibility to who we are, but we should come at it, and it does do that, but I think primarily we need to come out of a book is, all right, how do I know God more? today because of what i've just read Mm. who who is god revealing himself to be because of what i've just read yeah that's great and maybe it might be handy um to to lay out a couple of examples as well um just so anyone watching or listening this can kind of maybe grasp what does this context look like how do you place yourself in in the story um yeah if you're cool with that maybe yeah, some examples yeah let's do it so um like and and, and i guess yeah maybe, maybe it might be good to have an old testament example and a, and a new testament example um because... i'll go you go new testament and i'll go old testament because you're okay. more, you're more about grace and kindness and I'm, <laughs> I'm more about wrath and you know judgment <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go to Revelations and challenge oh, you gee. on that. But yeah, no, okay, well. um, so, so let, let's look at the Gospels, right? Um, now, the Gospels are a tricky one just to just to lay out a couple of things because you've got four Gospels, you've got three what are called synoptic Gospels. So you've got Matthew, Mark, and Luke because they seem to overlay quite nicely. And then you've got John that just is a little bit unusual that seems to be written differently but the challenge with the gospels we we kind of read these stories and um you know we read maybe matthew and then we read mark and we read luke and it's like things seem to be a little different in each one of these and we're, we're trying to kind of piece them together and we read it almost as separate things a way i like to read the gospels i'll i'll mention this and then i'll give a contextual example is um uh, one one good way to read the Gospels I've found is actually to read it, and you, and you can do this online. You can find um, different places where it puts it into this form, but uh, chronologically, so where it almost harmonizes the Gospels together. Um, there was actually a book I'll just throw out there. Uh, his name is um, Nikola Dmitriev. Um, he spent a decade on writing a book where, and there's a few around, but they say this one's endorsed by N.T. Wright and they say this one's probably the closest to accuracy uh, where it harmonizes all four of the gospels. But anyway, so let's, I say that to say, let's take an example of Luke. So we're reading the gospel of Luke, right? And in Luke chapter five, 
we have this first account and you know, in your Bible where it gives headings to different portions of text. So in Luke chapter five, it gives the heading, uh, Jesus calling the first disciples. Okay. Yeah. I read this in Matthew. I read this in Mark. Uh, now I'm reading this in Luke. Um, and there's this bizarre story that doesn't seem to fit the other gospels. And so Jesus is uh, at Lake Gennesaret and he goes down by the edge of the water and it says Jesus climbs in the boat. Um, they, they push the boat out from shore. They, they, Jesus tells the disciples throughout your net, they catch this big catch of fish. And, and then there's this moment where it says Peter falls on his knees and says, forgive me, Lord, I'm a sinner. And it's like, what's going on here? This doesn't seem to appear in the other gospels. And and when you think about it, again, putting yourself in this context, let's say you're on the shore and you're watching this. So Jesus just jumps into these guys' boat. Like that's pretty bizarre in itself. He just hops in the boat. They go out. They seem to just follow Jesus' instructions. They catch these fish. And then Peter falls down on his knees and said, forgive me, I'm a sinner. Like why is Peter having this reaction? Um, and when you, when you read the gospels in a chronological order, you actually discover that Jane, uh, that Luke chapter five is not actually the first time Jesus calls the disciples just in Luke. That's the first reference according to Luke that he records Jesus with his disciples. But if you read it in chronological order, there's actually, Jesus has been with his disciples for ages. And there's a lot of different things that have taken place before this encounter on the edge of the water in the boat where Peter falls down before Jesus. So leading up to this, Jesus has fed the 5,000. John the Baptist has already been beheaded. Um, Jesus has this encounter with the woman at the well. And interesting, this encounter with the woman at the well was the last time Jesus was with his disciples. And then we get to this place in Luke chapter 5 where suddenly Jesus meets the disciples on the beach. And and when you put yourself in the story, it starts to make a little bit more, more sense. It's like, yeah, I thought this was a little strange reading it, but the disciples know Jesus, but something's happened. Something's happened and they weren't with Jesus. For some reason, they're at the boats because they were with Jesus doing all this stuff. But some reason now they're on their fishing boats again. Jesus isn't with them. Jesus suddenly comes to where they are and Peter has this breakdown. And Peter says, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. And when you start to look at it through that context and you start to put yourself in the story and ask these questions, you start to really see some insights into, yes, something happened that Jesus and the disciples separated. And interestingly, as I said, the last time the disciples were with Jesus was the woman at the well speaking to a Samaritan. Now, uh, many of us have heard this uh, before, but Jewish people did not associate and didn't like the Samaritans to the extent the Samaritans actually believed that they were the true people of God. Um, the, the, the Samaritans believed that they were descendants of the 11th and 12th tribe of Israel, um, Ephraim and Manasseh. And the Samaritans believe that the Jews got it wrong and they got it right. So there's been this rift for hundreds of years between the 
Israel and the Samaritans, and then the disciples witness Jesus speaking to a Samaritan, it's almost like they get offended. It's almost like something happens there. And then for, for whatever reason, the disciples and Jesus separate. But what did the disciples do? They've been following Jesus, but they've gone back to their old lives. The disciples have gone back to their fishing boats um, for whatever reason, maybe this because of this encounter with Jesus in Samaria. And then Jesus comes to them and performs this miracle where they catch all this fish. They're fishing overnight. They couldn't catch any fish. And then Peter falls down on his knees before Jesus and said, Lord, I have sinned. Forgive me. It's almost like he realizes, yeah, we we got offended. I, I don't know what the reason is exactly, but something happened and it was too hard. And we went back to our own, our old life, but Jesus came to where they were. And so we put ourselves into the story and, and we don't look at it through the lens of what is the Bible saying to me, but we can relate with the characters. And I think we can all relate with that where I think we've all had times where we've been following Christ, but it's gotten too hard or, or something's happened. And we've just, we've kind of gone back to our own life. We've gone back to our own comfort zones. We've gone back to what we know. And, but Jesus chases after us. Jesus went to them. And so I think that's just one example um, of one context of Luke chapter five. Where is this in time, in the timeline? Who is Jesus speaking to? Why is Jesus speaking to them? Why is he going to them? Why do the disciples seem to know Jesus already? Um, and we start to piece it together and it comes to life and we just gain this greater understanding. But you, you can jump online and look at any chronological Bible and it places Luke chapter five far down the line. But when we read it, we don't have that understanding. And, and so we miss that context. So we miss the heart of what's going on. And we are unable to place ourselves in the story. And so we're unable to really glean from what is really happening and how that speaks into our own lives. Yeah. And, and I think for some people who might say, oh, I don't like reading my Bible. And, and maybe that's a reason why they don't like reading their Bible. It's just why, why is it? you know, maybe for a lack of a better word, so convoluted. Um, yeah. But I, I think that makes it a, a mystery and it makes it exciting. Like, you know, we've lost so much of the original context of Scripture just from translation. I, I love taking the time to go, all right, what's actually going on here? And some people will think, oh, it's hard work and it's arduous. But again, the product is you discover who God is, the Father. You discover who Jesus is, the Son of God. You discover who God, the Holy Spirit is and how they are at work in our lives. Well, I'm, I'm having a great time having this conversation here with Matt and we're going to leave it right there for now and we're going to pick up the rest of the conversation in our next episode. So we hope you can make it. We hope you can share this podcast with friends and family who may be blessed by it. And if you want more information about C3 Church Melbourne North, you can check us out on our website at c3church.melbourne.com.